0: I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at IKAR in Los Angeles, and together we're gonna study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. Where are you, Moses? This is one of the strangest questions the Talmud asks. Moshe Torah minayin. Where is Moses to be found in the Torah? Huh? What do you mean? Where's Moses in the Torah? He's all over the place. He's mentioned hundreds of times. He's, he's said to have written the thing for goodness sake. So this question comes in a series of attempts to find secret clues in the Torah that point to a cast of characters that don't appear until later in the Bible, Esther, Haman, Mordechai, Okay, fine, these guys need secret codes to find their way into the Torah, but Moses? And yet, the Talmud has an answer. In the book of Genesis, way before Moses is born, God is reflecting on the nature of humanity and says, My spirit shall not abide in a person forever. <speaking in Hebrew> Since he is but flesh, <speaking in> basar. <Hebrew> therefore shall his days be 120 years. Okay, so get this, the numerical value of the Hebrew letters in the word for since he bishagam is the same as the numerical value of Moses. And on top of that, Moses lived for, you guessed it, 120 years. So we have here in the beginning of the Torah a hint that Moses is coming. What? I mean, very clever, but what's the point? Why do we need to prove that Moses exists when, starting with Exodus, the whole narrative is going to be centered around him? Well, maybe Moses isn't as there as he seems to be. To begin with, here's a fun fact. This week's Parsha, Tetzave, is the only one, since Moses was born, that doesn't mention him by name and that is, until we get to Deuteronomy, where Moses is the one doing the talking. So one of the coolest commentators, Rabbi Yaakov ben Asher, the the Bal Haturim, um, a a Spanish commentator who was something of a savant, always notices little peculiarities in the language of the Torah that no one else does. So it's no surprise that he's the one to point out that Moses is missing this week. He gives two possible explanations for Moses' absence. First, in next week's Parsha, when the children of Israel worship the golden calf and God is so angry and wants to destroy them, Moses comes to their defense and says that if God won't forgive their sin, then Mecheni erase me, please, from this book of yours. Well, God does forgive them, but God erases Moses' name from our Parsha anyway as a punishment to teach Moses that you shouldn't curse yourself because it just might work. Or, he says, maybe it's because this week's Parsha deals with all the garments and rituals of the high priest, and Moses was actually supposed to be the high priest, but because he at first refused to go back to Egypt when God told him to, the priesthood was taken from him and given to Aaron, his brother. And so now that we're talking about the priesthood, we're going to keep Moses' name out of it so as not to rub it in his face that it's Aaron and not him who gets to be the big kahuna. The weird thing about both of these answers, though, is that they're supposed to be punishments for Moses. But if you look closely at each situation, you see that it's really Moses who's asking, even begging, to be left out. In fact, that's a running theme throughout the Torah. Moses wants out. He's absolutely at the center of everything that happens, and all he wants is to disappear. It starts as soon as we meet him. Like we just said, when God first comes to pick him as the great redeemer of Israel, he immediately tries to get out of it. He refuses no less than four times before he finally gives in. He either gives reasons why he is unfit, or outright begs God to pick someone else. And then, as the Baal also reminded us, there's that strange request, which comes in next week's Parsha, where Moses asks to be erased from God's book, as if God could just keep going with the story, but delete every mention of Moses. But that's not all Moses asks for. Later, in the book of Numbers chapter 11, when the people are hungry and they begin to complain bitterly because they're tired of eating manna from heaven and they're lusting for the taste of real meat, they begin to cry and, and, and God gets angry. And then Moses says, "Lo et I cannot carry all these people by myself. It's too much for me. And if this is how you deal with me, Hargani Naharog, then please just kill me, if you care about me at all, and end my suffering. Wow! Did you catch that? The hero of the Torah just asked God to kill him and put him out of his misery. I mean, what what kind of man is this? Well, actually. We're told exactly what kind of man Moses is in the very next chapter, chapter 12 of the Book of Numbers. And the man Moses was exceedingly humble, more than any person on the face of the earth. Now, I always smirk a bit when I read this because since tradition has it that Moses wrote these lines, there's a bit of irony here. But if we're to take these words at face value, they offer a striking insight into Moses' dilemma in the Torah. What is it like for the humblest man on earth to be the absolute center of attention, to also be the leader, the great hero, the most praiseworthy and admired person on earth? It's torture, and Moses can't stand it. He just wants to go away, to hide out, to die if he has to, anything but this. Remember that Moses' original plan was to run away and just herd sheep alone all day. Oh, if only he hadn't seen that burning bush. The rabbis have all kinds of stories about how Moses tries desperately to diminish his stage presence. In fact, our good friend the Baal HaTurim has a famous comment at the beginning of the book of Leviticus where we read that God called out to Moses, Vayikra, which is supposed to be a sign of great honor. God calls Moses out by name. The Balaturim says though, that Moses wrote the letter Aleph in the word for called out, Vayikra. Moses wrote it really small so that it looks like it reads, and God happened upon Moses, Vayikar. Like, no big deal, God just happened to pick me. Total coincidence. Or perhaps even what he meant was, yeah, God happened upon me. My rotten luck. Well, then, if that's Moses' attitude, maybe his conspicuous absence from this week's Parsha isn't a punishment, but a reward. He's begging for it. Please, God, take me away. Write me out of your book. Okay, God says, just this once. You get a Parsha off. You can lay low for a week. And maybe that's part of what the Talmud means when it asks, Where is Moses to be found in the Torah? Because even though Moses is all over the Torah, he always seems to be running away from us. He's our greatest teacher, our perfect prophet, our ultimate hero, and he just wants to be left alone. So, God gives him this Parsha to be anonymous. But that's not all God gives him. Perhaps Moses' greatest reward finally comes at the end of the Torah, when he dies, and we're told that no human but God buries him. God buried him, it says, in the valley in the land of Moab near Beit Peor, and to this day, no one knows where he is buried. Nobody knows where Moses is? Why not? Why hide his gravesite? Wouldn't we want to visit and pay our respects? Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch tells us that. God didn't reveal Moses's burial spot so that people wouldn't go to his grave and worship him like an idol. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe God is finally giving Moses a chance after all his years of service to God and to the children of Israel to be left alone in peace. There is, however, one other place in the Torah where I suspect Moses found a moment of this same peace, even during his lifetime. And we saw it just a couple of Parshas back. After the revelation at Mount Sinai, the people have encountered God face to face, and they are so overwhelmed, they ask Moses from now on to speak to God for them. God agrees, and then we read, Vayamod ha'am mirachok u'moshe nigash El Arafel Asher Sham The people stood at a distance while Moses went up into the thick cloud where God was. In Rashi's description, Moses went up and was increasingly obscured by three veils of separation Shalosh Mechitzot, Choshech, Anan, the Arafel, the darkness, the cloud, and the mist. I can imagine what it must have been like to be standing at the foot of the mountain, huddled with the entire nation, and to see Moses climbing up, all alone, higher and higher, this man who longed for solitude, slowly disappearing into the mist. And like that, he's gone. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom. And our theme song is Pete Lee by Hillel Tigay. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already? If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I-K-A-R-L-A. Thanks a lot and see you next week.